0: I am partnering with one of my favorite skincare brands, Elemis, to bring you this episode of Rain. Rain is all about encouraging you to feel like your best self and taking those moments every day for self care, and so is Elemis. Elemis' luxury skincare products provide you with proven, results driven skincare and who doesn't love to see results. Elemis' iconic pro-collaging cleansing balm has three unique textures that creates the ultimate cleansing experience. It nourishes your skin like a balm, easily removes makeup as a cleansing oil, and hydrates as a cleansing milk. And it smells like heaven, which could be down to the unique blend of nine essential oils, including lavender, caramel, and eucalyptus. No wonder it's a number one bestseller. Your skin will be left feeling deeply cleansed, soothed, and supremely soft. Now, doesn't that sound like the ultimate moment of self-care every day? And I've got a little treat for you. Head to elemis.com and get 25% off by using the code JoshSmith, 25 at the checkout terms and conditions apply enjoy hey i'm josh smith and welcome to rain and i'm so glad you're here babes this podcast is all about opening up having important conversations and celebrating successes as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives I love to chat to people, and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. I am absolutely obsessed with Netflix's Fate The Wink Saga, so I'm so excited that we're joined by the show star, Abigail Cowan. Now, in case you're not a mega fan like me, Fate The Wink Saga follows a boarding school of fairies led by Abigail's character, Bloom, who not only has to battle against evil forces, but the drama that comes with growing up, tackling everything from addiction to mental health and the hottest selection of boys possibly ever brought to the screen. Sorry, not sorry, but it's completely true. And it's no surprise that it's one of Netflix's most watched shows ever. In this episode, Abigail talks about season two plot twists. Heads up, there are some major spoilers in this episode. Our hopes for season three and gets honest about overcoming bullies. Abigail also looks back on starting her career, waiting for that big break, and crying to her roommate every day, which I think is so relatable, and shares some advice she's learned from therapy, which you need to hear. Now, crowns at the ready. Let's reign.
1: Faves, how are we? I'm great, how are you?
0: I am so good. I mean, I feel like I've had like, the strongest coffee of all time today, and I now feel like I pretty much have the powers of a fairy from the Wink Saga, so I mean, (laughs) but I mean, I've been called a fairy my whole life, babe, so I might as well live up to the
1: opportunity now. (laughs) Yeah, live it up.
0: Wink Saga, season two, we are here, and it honestly was such a massive success, like, these numbers actually slightly blow my mind, it had like, nine I can't even say this properly, 918 million minutes in viewership, trailing only Bridgerton, and Netflix reported had 57 million of its subscribers watching it. The fans are so thirsty for the second season. I know. They are going to be so shook, like they are shook <laughs> over these plot twists. And I mean, the one that really got me is that Bloom is actually 1000 years old, and she needs to be dropping that skincare routine, babes, because... That is yeah. phenomenal.
1: I know. I, that, like, that shook me. I found that out after, like, I think a while of filming season two. Like, we don't, we don't really know what's going on. Like, we only know per episode. And so when I found that out, I was like, what? A thousand years old? I'm like, damn. <laughs> was that the
0: thing that shook you the most, plot-wise? Because if you're getting them every episode, you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? What was the bit that really shook you?
1: I mean, when she kills Rosalind. I think that mm. is the... Um, That was kind of a a big moment for her and for me as the actor, being like, oh, whoa, this is a very big, like, quick uh, plot twist, because she's, like, believing Rosalind, and then next moment she's like, no, you're dead. She doesn't
0: hang about when it comes to revenge, does she? She's like, I'm just going to get this out. No. She's very... She's, it's very healthy, her relationship to revenge, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no no questions about it. So it's not like, should I, should I not? She's like, nope, this is happening. You're dying today. <laughs> right now. Yeah. So I wish I could be like that. Not the dying part. but. The- <laughs> but I do
0: think it must have been quite amazing as well to be acting opposite the new Rosalind, who is Miranda Richardson. I mean... BAFTA winner, Academy Award nominee. I mean, what was it like being in scenes with her and then also then having to slay her (laughs) at the same time?
1: It was, I mean, one, just an honor. Like, it was like, I, yeah, I mean, she's very well known and a master at her craft. So it was nerve wracking. I'm like, not a well for one trained actor so I don't I'm like this American that's coming from LA and she's like this trained wonderful like British actress and I'm you know it it was it was nerve wracking on my end but she was insanely like wonderful and giving and supportive and um, just a joy to, to work with and she's hilarious too like she's very quirky and just a complete opposite of the character that she plays. So it's really cool to see that, like the difference when they say cut and she's just like doing her whole thing. <laughs> I really, really, she's really great.
0: Mm, I guess as well, when you're not a trained actor, like you were saying, in the way that she is, when you come opposite an actor like that, how do you move through any kind of self-doubt you might have about being in those scenes and acting opposite someone who you think is necessarily, is in a word, classically trained in a way.
1: Yeah. Um. Kind of wing it. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like, just kind of hope that because that that you're. I mean, you're completely right. It it seeps in the. I mean, the insecurity and kind of the like, you know, the. I guess not even having the experience that someone else might have in in a scene, whether they are trained, whether they're not, but even. Um, you know, I've had that too, working with a really seasoned actor. And then I'm like, this is my second job. I'm like, I hope I'm doing okay. Um, It is kind of, it can be terrifying. And I'm very, very uh, self-critical. So I think in those moments, I just kind of have to turn off my brain as best that I can. And if I'm Telling the truth. Like, I can't lie. I mean, sometimes your brain doesn't turn off and you're just hoping, like, you know, and you do get really nervous and then you're like, I hope that I'm doing the best that I can. And I, I think, like, growing up in sports really helped me because when, you know, when it's game time, there's, it's just the adrenaline and, you know, you're, you just have to go. And, mm kind of turn off your brain and just kind of follow instinct and hope to score the goal. So I think it's kind of or um, earn the point. And um, I'm not comparing art to earning a point or scoring a goal, but <laughs> the the process of, like, <laughs> like, like I need to win. No, it's, like, the, the process, though, of it. I feel like it's when you're on set and they say action, it's kind of, like, everything kind of can go silent and you just have to trust that will work out.
0: Mm. And we gotta trust (laughs) that things are gonna work out for Bloom as well, because that cliffhanger at the end, babe, you could literally go into the writer's room right now and be like, I'm gonna give you some few tips and tricks of where I want this to go in season three. What do you wanna see happen to her?
1: I'd like to see Bloom in the other world um, or the realm of darkness and see her create this relationship and ask these questions with her mom. And maybe I, like, I wonder if there's going to be something where it's not all that she seemed or, like, all that she thought it would be or, or if it is, if she decides to, like, stay. I'm so curious to, to know, like, what could could happen. So, but I definitely want to see more of the, of the realm of darkness and see more of them um, have a, a connection and a bond that they've never been able to have. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun.
0: to be continued <laughs> i love it but one of the hopefully. things I re- hopefully hopefully fingers crossed netflix make it happen hopefully. for us i can't sit on that plot twist that cliffhanger they need to resolve it for me yeah. like, I, I can't i can't we need this sorted but one of the things that got sorted in this season is bloom really stepping in to her power finding those wings fanning her own flames and she's almost in her full power as well when do you personally feel like you have been the most in your power
1: it sounds kind of weird but maybe when i'm helping people or when i'm like in a position of care for others if that makes sense like when Mm. i used to teach at a a preschool, In my high school had this, like, program where um, there would be, like, you could dedicate, like, two class periods to going down to this preschool in our high school and teach the kids, and it was, I did the program throughout the entire um, four years, and I think I always, more and more, it's weird, because I never, like, right out of high school, I didn't really think about it much. But as I get older and older, I think about that time and the amount of just like how fulfilled I was in those moments of, you know, helping little lives figure out the world and and um, navigate things. and it it I just, I don't know if it's like more of like in my power. Cause that actually kind of is a power position, isn't it? I'm like, I felt powerful. But <laughs> it was it was more like I felt so I, I guess like fulfilled in 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 a moment like that. And I feel like that's when I feel like my my true self.
0: Finding your power is all about overcoming moments of self-doubt as well. When do you think your self-doubt has been the loudest? And when have you really pushed through self-doubt?
1: If I'm being honest. Um geez, I mean my entire like time in this career, <laughs> like it's a it's a weird, weird industry to be a part of, and um I feel insanely fortunate to be able to do what I do and I like, pinch myself every day. but, um, I mean, even now, like I am I am in major self-doubt of like, what if, you know what if i never work again or what if i never get another job or what if i you know i don't know like what what is going to happen because if you're not like a a Brad Pitt or a whatever you're you're still kind of fighting for those roles and you're still kind of mm. hoping to get you know something in in your hands and that you can you know further your career with and um I think, yeah, just kind of in this industry i'm it's a it's very hard to not become insanely self critical insanely doubtful, and um the way I push through it, I would say is just making sure that I don't lose hope if that makes sense, mm. and realizing like and really pouring into my um the relationships in my life and getting really you know, having meaningful things in my life that are outside of this industry so that my entire self-worth isn't just in if I get a job or not. Because mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of people can go really wrong and where people, you know, like could book the biggest role ever and then all of a sudden like their personality changes or something like that. I've seen that like a lot. And... Um, But I think that that comes from a lot of insecurity and putting all of your self-worth into if you're successful or not. And then if you are successful, then you're on top of the world. And then if you're not, then you're the scum of the earth in your own head. So I think think the way that I, I cope and the way that I, you know, stay strong, I feel like in this, strong as I can be, Putting my self worth in other in other aspects of my life and not letting it this um, career define me. But I feel again insanely fortunate to just even be able to you know be on a show like Fate and to like be able to have my dream job. Um, but I wouldn't say it defines who I am if that makes
0: sense. Mm. That is such an important place to get to because i think if you define yourself by so many external things all the time like what your job is like you know no one's gonna have their instagram followers on their gravestone for crying out loud like if you define anything by these external factors you're always gonna feel like you're missing out you're always gonna feel like you're failing at some points aren't you
1: yeah and it's a hard thing to do like i mean Mm. i think you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's so easy. It's so great. It's like we're in a world of like, I'm I'm good. I've got it now, babes. Don't
0: worry about me. Yeah,
1: I am good. If you want help, come to me. No, like I, (laughs) I definitely, you know, I think we all struggle with it because we're in a world of, of, um, of just that, of defining your, your worth and who you are from your level of success and um yeah I I think now especially with social media your level of following and attention and stuff like that so it's um definitely an active uh thing to practice and it's a muscle I feel like that you have to exercise daily
0: I'm so excited this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Elemis, whose skincare products I can't stop raving about. Elemis' iconic Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm is just one of the brand's products that stays true to its honest commitment to results-driven skincare. The Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm is great for removing makeup whilst nourishing like a balm and hydrating like a cleansing milk. It's a heavenly moment of self-care every day. Head to elemis.com now and don't forget to use the code JoshSmith25 at the checkout to get 25% off. Terms and conditions apply. I love how you've turned negative aspects of things that have happened to you into a positive. And we've spoken to before Mm -hmm. about how you were bullied at school for having red hair and now you're the protagonist of a major show with red hair out there showing your true beauty inside and out. How satisfying does it feel to know that you've come through negative periods of life like that and you've almost used them to empower you in a way?
1: I hope that it is a a testament to like, it's not the end for, you know, a lot of other young people going through um, hard times, whatever it might be, and that there is, light at the end of the tunnel and that there's um always hope and always um something that you can do about the the struggles that you have been through and make it beautiful so uh, yeah it's a really it's a it's a cool thing to kind of look back on and be like dang like (laughs) I wish that I could go tell young me like it's going to be okay you're you're not it's not going to always be like this but then also it's not always going to be like All light at the end of the tunnel, Mm -hmm. you're still gonna go through stuff. You're still gonna have hardships, but just have hope that it's gonna, you know, be better in the future. And then in the future new struggles will come up and it's all gonna be okay. And that's just life. So yeah, it feels it feels good. It's a learning experience, you know.
0: I think that's so great because from those moments of struggle it gives you this hope for later on in life. What's really helped you find your own
1: mental strength? Leaning on other people. Mm. And learning to communicate and learning that it's okay to say that you're not okay. And through doing that, it actually it almost like it like letting it out is and being like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with, it makes it much less scary and and reminding myself that we're are not supposed to do life alone. We're not supposed to, you know, go through struggles by ourselves, and we don't want to be a burden on anyone and be like, "Hey, this is, you know, I, I need help." Or, but we're communal being, beings. We're supposed to be in community. We're supposed to be in in relationship with one another. So, um, I think reminding myself of that really helps me have like a a stronger a stronger mental mental state. I would say. Mm.
0: And that's kind of one of the special messages of the show. It's about finding friendship, finding solidarity and finding, and this is one of the ideas I love in life is finding a safe space in others. When do you feel like you truly found that for you?
1: That's a, it's a complicated answer and complicated question because I think I'm still finding it. I Mm. think that I, my, my, and the reason I say this, it's because like my instinct is to be like, I'm good. I'm going to just handle this on my own and like hope that it everything gets better. So I think like I again, it's a muscle that I have to exercise. Be like, no, it's OK to like lean on other people and to, you know, ask for advice or ask for like, you know, help or whatever. I think in like after like a year in L.A., I met some really, you know, good girlfriends that were really loyal and loving and honest and kind and um, kind of taught me a lot about like what female friendship can be. And that was a very big um, moment for me of realizing like, oh wow, this is really nice. Like we, we can all be here for each other. We can all support each other as women and, and, and now too having my, my female friendships are it's a insane um, it's insanely important to me
0: because it's also if you think back to you starting out in LA and living in LA and doing that kind of on your own that's a scary ass moment to have a that faith in yourself to be like I'm gonna go out there and do this. Take me back to that moment for you. What was going through your head when you skipped off to LA to try and pursue your dreams? And was there any time at the beginning of that for you where you were like, Han, are you doing the right thing here? When did you push through that?
1: Uh, all the time that went through my head. Uh, I Honestly, you're asking what went through my head? I have no idea. Honestly, I look back and even my dad, I remember my dad called me and he was like, He's like, Abs, I'm going to tell you right now, you were going to look back at this and go, how the hell did I do that? Like, what was I thinking? And in in like the best way possible, like he's like, you know, supportive of it, but was like you like you're he's like, you're brave right now. I don't know how. And I didn't even know that I was being brave in that because I just don't think I was thinking I think I just had my mind set on what I wanted to do. And I, looking back, I was like, I'm like how I was 18 and living like in a little apartment with um, no air conditioning and sharing a room with my roommate, two mattresses on the floor, like literally barely any money and trying to just like be an actor.
0: When you look back at that you, What would you want to say to her now? And what do you think she'd say to you?
1: I would want to be like, you're crazy. But then I would also say, like right now, I'd be like, what are you doing? Um, But I'd also say like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be much better than you expect. Because there were, yeah, there were many times, actually almost like every night, like just tears with my roommate being like, what am I doing? I don't know. And um, just knowing and I would just reassure and just be like, it's gonna be, you're gonna be fine. You're still gonna go through struggles, but you're gonna be okay. And it's gonna mm. it's gonna be all, all worth it. And I hope older me says that to me now, you know? Mm.
0: Do you think you have a real faith in your own voice and your own ambition and your own determination through going through that experience? And what do you think have been some turning points in you finding your inner voice and being true to it
1: feel like i have come into my voice in the past like i'd say two years Mm. um i never ever trusted my inner voice at all like in in the sense when it came to my dreams i that was one thing that i was insanely determined about and you know, of course question, because it sounds like a crazy thing to go move across the country and go pursue acting. So of course I questioned it, but my, the faith in, in that, um, not necessarily myself, but almost in like, I guess a bigger picture, bigger, bigger force that could be watching out for me. I felt like it was like, this is on my heart for a reason. I know that this is, this is, what I'm supposed to be doing and I still feel like that like I still have this insane like I can't explain it like this feeling about my the career that I'm in and my my love for acting so for that I I definitely feel like I have my voice in that but then my inner voice in life of questioning everything that I do like was that was that too much or was that like Was that the right decision? Was this, like, what did I, I, did I trust my gut? Or was that not my gut? Was that my head? Like, that um, was my, basically all of my teenage years and all of my, like, in the early, I'm still in my early-ish 20s, but, like, mid-20s, I'm in my mid-20s, but, like, my early 20s, I was discovering my voice. And then I think two years ago, I start to, like, listen and to be, like, actually, these feelings that I have are valid. And that was like the biggest tool that I learned was that you can have feelings and just because someone else feels a different way doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. Mm. Both feelings are valid. And it's about either coming to a compromise or respecting everyone's, like anyone's feelings or both people's feelings. So when I got to that point being like, no, this is how I feel, this is how it makes me feel, and that's valid and that's okay. And um, and then being able to speak about it and not question or let anyone kind of convince me that I'm, you know, wrong.
0: What was it that gave you that light bulb moment?
1: Um, therapy. <laughs> mm. I would say going to therapy made me really understand where that insecurity kind of came from in my life and how the tools to get out of it and um, and start to really trust that that voice and what I um, what I want as a as a human and not focus on what everyone else what everyone else wants, which mm. is what I was doing before, and learning that you know it's actually you think it's a selfish selfish act to say no, this is what I want, this is this is my boundary, and that's why usually people won't have boundaries because they're like no it's not about me it can be about you but actually it's more selfish to make it all about people because if your cup isn't full if you're not filling your cup and listening to your own intuition and your own your own needs and desires how are you supposed to pour into someone else's cup like if you're completely on empty you're not even pouring into the other people that you want to pour into so it's actually a very It's a healthy thing to hear your voice, like listen to your voice, put yourself first sometimes in order to then put other people first. But if you're just putting other people first all the time, you can't because then you're completely empty and you're actually harming them. So then when I learned that, I was like, oh, I'm not a I'm not going to be bad for having my boundaries like that's actually going to help like what I'm. Trying to do in the first place, so yeah, that that's when and that's how was through
0: therapy. Mm. I mean, that speaks to me because I'm constantly trying to fill up that cup it's emptying it at the same time, and it also literally to build some boundaries when I have like zero. <laughs> it's like I'm like, oh, I built boundaries, and I'm like, that's like one brick. That's not even a boundary. That's not even a wall. Someone could just like kick that that's over. That's literally like,
1: saying like, hey, Josh, you can go get water now. You're like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. It's like. Yeah, I know. No, same. I, it t- it's still taking a while for me to like still get the and figure out my boundaries and like really trust them and stand by them. But yeah, it's a process. Always Babes, is a process.
0: all a process. And I think what's so interesting about mm-hmm. when you have your faith in your voice, you have those boundaries and you have that sense of self-understanding, you start to also really embrace your differences and what makes you different as well. And I think there's so many times in our life where we're told that we're different. When have you felt like an outsider? And how have you overcome that to embrace your difference?
1: I've felt like an outsider kind of, although I was gonna say my whole life, I wouldn't say in like elementary school, like, first through like, I would say like fourth grade. I think you're still in that zone of just like not even being that self aware. So you're just like, like, (laughs) I was just that weird little kid on the playground, like, And stuff, whatever. So, I don't think I noticed it then. And then I think in middle school, like that's when I really was feeling like an outsider. But I feel like everyone in middle school feels like an outsider. So, that's why we're all trying to like, they all try to Mm -hmm. fit in and it's like this crazy, crazy time. But definitely then, because of, you know, the, I know we talked the last time, but about the whole red hair thing. I mean, that, you know, having something that is different. As a child, is kind of you feel like it's a curse because you don't want to you don't want to look different you don't want to or you don't want to feel different or you don't want to have any kind of differences. I still feel like a, a little bit of an outsider, but like in a good way, which yeah. answers your question. Like I think, yeah, realizing what makes you different different is actually your your superpower and your strength, and then just being like, honestly can't change it gotta live with it so what am I gonna do with it probably learn to love it because what else do you do and then you do and then you actually are like whoa wait I get to because it's actually cool as an adult to be to have a difference or to be different and I think I also have just like really embraced my weird personality too like I used to try to hide it and be like, "I'm normal, just like everyone else." <laughs> and then <laughs> I too am calm and collected. And then I think, like, once I, I <laughs> think once I like got out of school, I was like, you know, what? I'm never gonna change this. I am, I'm honestly weird. And <laughs> whatever, <laughs> like, if you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. I'm weird. <laughs>
0: I love it. Take it as it comes. I so relate to that because I remember being like gay in the playground be like,
1: oh my God, this
0: difference is hell. And now I'm like, thank God I'm not like some of these basic straight men. Do you know what I mean? That I was so desperate to be like, blessed be.
1: You're like, thank you.
0: Well, babe, I hope you keep embracing what makes you different and using that to your superpower because you're amazing. Aww. And I love speaking to you. So and are we you. Always- And we've got one last question for you before you skip off. In the reign of your life, what is the one world you'll always live by?
1: Always, well, one, always treat people how you would want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And always put others first. But in the sense of, you know, the way that I explained it now, of like putting others first, I think that's the most beautiful thing. Like if everyone did that, what a beautiful world we would live in. But also not doing it to the to the detriment of your own heart and your own, you know, cup being filled. So fill your cup, but also then put other people first because you can.
0: Cheers to those full cups, babes, basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Well, thank you so much, babe. Honestly, it's been so great having you on the podcast. You're yeah. amazing. Keep slaying. You're amazing. And big love to you. Thank
1: you. Love you so much. <laughs>
0: thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode and if you have let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith hosts. I love to hear from you and as always if you've enjoyed this episode please like, rate, subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts from and more importantly please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time.